Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Adam Robinson with Adam Talks Back, and this is episode number two, Reactions, as you probably saw on the cover art. But before I get into that topic, I wanted to talk a little bit about last week's episode, and uh, that was preparedness. But overall, I just wanted to say thanks, because so many of you downloaded, listened to that episode, and that truly just blew me away. I honestly didn't know what to expect because, I mean, it's a podcast about cancer (laughs) and people may not want to listen to that. There's so many options. Honestly, I've been a little bit turned off of podcasts within the last couple of years simply because there are so many and so many people who are experts and have so much more experience than I do in different you know areas. However, this is something that I do feel is important And I I sort of want to clarify my mission statement here. (laughs) I want to make sure that I have a podcast that is informative and helpful to other people, specifically, obviously, people who are going through testicular cancer, but really just to anybody who's, who's dealing with this sort of heaviness for the first time or, or whatever. And anyway, you guys are giving me a chance to do that. So, that's something I, I'm very appreciative of, that you would not only listen and download and all of that, but you you shared it. Like I saw it on so many people's feeds on their social media and on their stories, and I was honestly just completely blown away by that. It was, um, it was wonderful. I, I just can't thank you enough. So obviously this, is, this podcast is hosted on Substack, and... I've got it distributed through Apple Podcasts currently and Spotify Podcasts, and that's great. I'm seeing a lot of traffic coming from there, but also a lot of people just going to my Substack, which is pretty cool because there's also a lot of writings on there throughout the past year, and that address is adamwrobinson.substack.com, and I'll talk a little bit more about my Substack at the end of this show because I had a couple things I wanted to bring up. Um, Because a couple of you have been asking questions and have been uh, so generous as to want to subscribe with a uh, monetary gift. And I think that's incredible. And I've waffled on how to (laughs) handle that. But I I came up with a solution, which I'll talk about after this show's over with. Um, One more thing about the preparedness episode. Um, So my wife, Katie, listened to it and said, you know, hey, I thought you did a great job, but (laughs) there's always a but. But you kind of contradicted yourself with the percentage thing. And uh, I just wanted to clear that up. So first and foremost, and I I think I said it last week, I am not a doctor. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. But I also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going off of what I've learned through various sources and articles and things like that that I've read and just talking with my oncologist as well. The percentages I gave last week are correct and true, but I think there may have been some mixed messages on should you take them seriously or not. And obviously, yes, you should 100% take the percentages seriously. Uh, For testicular cancer, for instance, I think I said if you caught it early enough, you have some something like a 97% survival rate and cure, uh, honestly. And that is true, and that's significant. And uh, also, I mentioned on the flip side of that, there's a 2% chance that um, two brothers would 
both have testicular cancer. And uh, I said, well, you can throw that one out the window because it doesn't really matter. But the case is that, you know, I am part of that 2%. There has to be some people or else there would be a 0%. So, <laughs> you know, take take all of that with a grain of salt. I, I think the main point I was trying to make was don't live and die off of stats that you read online because you just never know what, you know, what hand you're going to be dealt. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. Once again, not a doctor. I'm only giving you my experience here, but uh, yeah, pretty fun. Uh, another f- interesting thing about last week's episode preparedness is that <laughs> the the first go around of that episode was done a few days earlier, and I recorded it completely on my AirPod Pros. A little plug for Apple there, I guess. But I love my AirPod Pros. But let me tell you this. They do not work well for a podcast. Uh, it sounded awful. It sounded like I was in a tunnel, and my microphone was on the other end of the tunnel. <laughs> and there was a train also coming through, and dogs barking, and anything else you can think of. Fireworks going off, and gunshots as well. And screaming. So it sounded really bad. It was so muffled and weird and sounded like I recorded on a potato or something. And I uh, deleted that. Thankfully, I found my old podcasting equipment. I used to have a podcast probably six years ago or so. And obviously that didn't pan out. (laughs) It was at the height of podcasts. Everybody was doing them. And uh, I wanted to do one too. It was a good time filler. I was bored a lot. I obviously did not have children at the time. And I was working from home. Yeah, just different time. I needed an outlet and that was an outlet, but it did not take off. I think I did nine episodes. So I guess I can, at that point, uh, or to that point, I can clarify what this show is going to be, which I want it to be sort of free flowing. Like think of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the the Larry David show, where he'll pop out a season and then you won't hear from him for five years <laughs> and you might have another season. Uh, and that's just the way it goes. I think that show's been going on since the early 2000s. So that's kind of what this this is probably going to be. I'd like to get four episodes out this this month of uh, November or Movember or whatever you want to call it. And uh, speaking of, I'll... I'll get into my Movember stuff later, but yeah, so it's going to be kind of free flowing. Things are going to ebb and flow and change. And, you know, you might have months where you don't hear from me and you might have months where you, you get five podcasts. (laughs) It just sort of depends on if I have a topic, if I have a desire or if I have the time to do it. Anyway, all that homework aside, I want to get onto the main topic, which is reactions. So last week, obviously, I talked about preparedness. This week, like what happens after you get the news? So for me, when I went and saw my doctor and he told me, I don't know that this is cancer, we'll get you checked out anyway. The next step there was I just had to wait. <laughs> and that's a big part of it. So you're going to have to wait a lot whenever you take tests and things like that. Sometimes you're not waiting long. Sometimes you're waiting days. So for me, I took my uh, ultrasound, did my ultrasound on a Friday, and I did not get results until Monday. Reason being, it was late on a Friday. It was like five o'clock or so. And my results came in Monday morning. I remember I got a message. Like I said on last episode, I use 
Vanderbilt for everything. And my Vanderbilt app pinged me and said, hey, you got some results for your ultrasound. So I, I read them and I saw some words that I didn't like. I saw a couple instances of masses that were visible on the right testicle. And I thought, oh, great, you know, masses, that doesn't sound good. But still, you know, goofily, I I didn't think it was cancer. And I, I kid you not, maybe five minutes passed from me reading those test results and my phone ringing. And uh, someone on the phone was very kind and very, you know, soothing voice, which I'm assuming that's the reason they have this role, told me that I had cancer on the phone. And she said, you know, um, we need to get you in here to see a urologist. When are you free? Can you come today? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know how to take it. Honestly, like when, when you get hit with that news, whether it's on the phone or in person or, or email or, or whatever that, you know, Hey, you've got cancer. It, it honestly, people say it feels like a punch to the gut and it did. It felt like a punch to the gut. It felt like a punch everywhere. And I was trying to keep it together. Katie was with me and we were sitting on the couch. I remember, yeah, it was a really sad time. We we were very upset. We were crying. And I, I remember her crying more than I did. That changed once I got in the shower and I was by myself. And it just hit me all of a sudden. I took a I took a shower before we went to the doctor uh, to meet my urologist. And, and I just lost it. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And I was like, well... What are you going to do, man? What are you going to do right now? And, uh, and what I did was I, I said a prayer and I said, you know, I'm obviously not in control of this. I just ask for strength, you know, to be there for my family and put the people in the place that need to, to be there for me. And I prayed those things and I truly believed it would happen. And, you know, after I got out of the shower, um, I'm a big believer in not just prayer, but also meditation. And, and it's good for me mentally to just sit and let my thoughts be what they are and sometimes let them drift and become something else and, and morph and shift. And that probably sounds very hippie and weird, but I, that it's just, it's just what works for me, you know? So I, I did that. I, I took some time to just kind of rest and think and then off we went, you know, and and from that point, I didn't have a lot of time to react. Funny, <laughs> funny, funny moment happened. Um, so I, I told the story last week of I met with my urologist who said, we never let the sun set on uh, testicular cancer diagnosis, but I have to this time because I can't squeeze you in today. And uh, which was funny. So he said, you know, we, we want you to come back tomorrow. We're going to do this surgery. So that's what we were doing. I got there and, oh, I should bring this up as well. My my urologist had asked me, do you have a vasectomy or uh, anything like that? And I said, no, but since you bring it up, I was going to see if you could just do it while you're in there. Uh, because honestly, I wanted one. And he said, yeah, for sure. Wouldn't be an issue at all. So I get to the hospital the next day and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm in my room and the, the nurse is talking to me and he's being so like honestly like so carefree and chill and i'm 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 nervous and i'm scared and honestly you know th- and this is also like on the tail end of covid stuff so everybody's still masked up and it's very like nobody's coming in your room really katie came in and she was able to stay with me but even then it was like you know just sit right there and don't don't really move around much and 
so I'm sitting in this room and, and my nurse is honestly very nonchalant. And he's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. You're going to be totally fine. I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And he was like, yeah, you know, when I got mine done, you know, I watched the whole thing. And I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, I watched the, the entire thing. And then I was, you know, you know, I was a little uh, uncomfortable for a bit, but it was fine. And I went on about my way and I was, you know, whatever, not a big deal. And I'm like, you had this done too? And he was like, yeah, 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 for sure. And, uh, and he kept going on about it and he was being so nonchalant. And I finally stopped him. I was like, you know, I'm having a ball removed, right? Like <laughs> this is an orchiectomy and a vasectomy. And he looked at me. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure this is just a vasectomy. I'm like, I think I would know, you know? And so he's, <laughs> he looks at his chart and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Oh yeah. And I had mentioned something about my, when, when was my anesthesiologist coming in? And at some point he was like, Hey, you're not getting anesthesia. What? It's not that bad. Come on, dude. So anyway, little classic mix up there, but, uh, it did make me laugh. And my reaction to that was to laugh. So, you know, you can, you can do a little bit of everything. And the, the next thing I did, like after my surgery was over, obviously I had a time of recovery and I decided at that point to embrace it and not go through it by myself because that could be a very dark place for me to try to carry all of that and not share it with my community. And, uh, that's where my blog's you know, came from, sprung from is uh, the Adam writes back blog. Like I decided, Hey, you know what? I need to have a release here and I need to let people in and not hold all this to myself. And also in case there's a 15 year old kid out there who's terrified and he Googles testicular cancer and it brings him to my blog, maybe I can help answer some questions he might have in his language or, you know, instead of, you know, you know, WebMD speak or something like that. So uh, I, I had the intention to to create a community, but what I didn't realize is that communities already existed out there. And specifically, uh, I found an incredible community on Reddit, the website Reddit, and the subreddit is r slash testicular cancer, very to the point. And uh, it is full of guys who are so knowledgeable, people who've gone through this before or are actively going through it. And I, I brought it up last week as well. There's there's those kids in there who say, hey, I found something weird. I don't know what it is. Is it cancer? And obviously none of us uh, in the uh, community are doctors. Well, there may be a doctor here or there. I can't speak for all of them, but most of us are just survivors or people who are currently going through it. And we will always tell them, go see a doctor. First first thing you do, go see a doctor. And my uh, opinion is this. <laughs> We've all got our opinions, but they're pretty much all right there together. Um, so there are, are different ways. And, and I don't think there's any, well, there probably are some wrong ways. But as long as you're being proactive for yourself with this, I don't think there's a wrong way for you to express this. Say say you're not comfortable being public with this. You don't have to be, but find a community, even if it's your best friend or your your parents or your brother or somebody who can just listen to you. Also, whenever you um, are are going through cancer and you have an oncologist, ask about resources that the 
doctor's office or hospital or wherever you are can provide. So I did that and they linked me up with a, um, it was basically telehealth, but it was, um, it was therapy and it was counseling. And, and that was very helpful because they listened to what I had to say and could ease some fears. And, um, yeah, you know, those resources were just there and they were free. So you just don't know what's out there unless you ask. So back, um, and I, I briefly touched on this last week. I didn't get too into it because I don't want to speak for him, but my brother did go through testicular cancer as well back in the mid two thousands. And he had uh, done what I ended up doing, which was creating a blog where he would post about it. Now his, his journey was different than mine in, in a lot of ways, but, uh, that remained the same that for him, it helped him to, to blog about his experience. And for me, it did the same. And, uh, I, I got such a release from typing out, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what happened. This is what I'm feeling and fearing or excited about or whatever. That was the most healing thing for me because I know that personally, I can't keep that stuff in and be expected to thrive. <laughs> Don't know how else to say it. Also, whenever you do that, you're bringing your narrative to the forefront and you're not basing your experience on someone else's narrative. So for instance, if I'm to look at the subreddit testicular cancer, there have been times where I've found people who have situations eerily similar to mine, but with maybe one or two little differences. And it is very, very easy to cling to one of those one or two differences and think, Oh, that could be me, you know? So, uh, for instance, I, I, I ran across a post of a guy who had, uh, his orchiectomy done, came back that it was a pure seminoma, which is what mine was. And it, uh, you know, and he had some lymph nodes that were inflamed, which I currently still do. And, um, his were a little bit bigger than mine. So that was the main difference, but not a whole lot different, just, just enough. And uh, he ended up having to, uh, after a year of being in surveillance, he ended up finding out that his lymph nodes got really big and he had surgery and he had chemo and he had all the stuff. And I'll be transparent here with you right now. I'm not afraid of any of that, any of that. I'm just not like, I'm not afraid of the surgery, the RPLND surgery. I'm not afraid of chemo. What I am afraid of is just not knowing what's going on internally so I, I just would like to have more control over that. So whenever I read stories like this guy, I start thinking, well, that's probably me. You know, at what point am I going to go to this doctor's appointment and get on my test run and the shoe drop that, hey, we got to take action right now. So it's taken me, honestly, guys, like a year to get to the point where I'm like, that's out of my control. And uh, I can't compare my situation to someone else's. Because they're just totally different. And the toll that takes on me mentally, is that worth it? Or is it more worth it to take each appointment as they come and to be as happy as I possibly can be right now? You know, like I've got a lot to be happy about. I've got three beautiful kids. I've got a great family here. And, you know, we've got so many things to be thankful for. That sounds very cheesy because Thanksgiving's right around the corner, but it is true. And there's so much to to live for and to do 
proactively do. Which brings me to my next point. (laughs) My next reaction was try to raise money for St. Jude. And I did that. I I was actually, I was blown away. We raised a thousand dollars back in September for St. Jude. And, uh, for, (laughs) for what honestly was a $250, uh, goal. And uh, we reached that 250 goal instantly, almost. And I kept bumping it up until we got to a thousand dollars. And I said, you know what? That's pretty darn great. Like that's four times what I wanted to do. A lot of you guys that are probably listening to this uh, made that happen. So thank you. Uh, I can't sing the praises of St. Jude enough in organizations like, like it and the uh, American Cancer Association uh, also is, is near to my heart. Uh, when my brother was going through his surgery, they housed my whole family to just be there and they didn't charge a dime. And there was food and there was a bed to sleep in. And uh, it was for an awful situation. It was the best case scenario. So that was a reaction that I had to find a way to give back, to find a way to do something and take the focus off of me, because that's just something you have to do. You have to get there. You have to, you have to make sure that you're not feeding into a narcissistic view of what's going on. Yes, this is rough. And, and, and there, there is a time and a place to reflect on that and to feel it but you can't live in it and you got to keep moving. So another reaction that I recommend (laughs) is not just asking for, but accepting help from other people. And you just, uh, I'm trying to avoid cliches while doing this show, but this one is inevitable. You do, you truly find out who your, your friends are and your loved ones when you go through a situation like like cancer diagnosis and major surgery and all of that and and you find out you know what people are made of and uh I'm so happy to say that that I've got great friends and family and uh you know even my my job they were so understanding and have been um th- throughout this past year And I, you know, I can't be more thankful for that. And those are the things that I personally choose to look at, appreciate. So I just hope that these recommendations resonate with you guys. Uh, If you're going through a cancer diagnosis and good grief, guys, I feel like every time I log on to Facebook or Instagram, I'm seeing another friend who's dealing with cancer and it hurts. You know, it really does. Uh, at various stages too, you know, um, we, you know, we lost a friend this year to, to cancer and it's very unfair and it hurts to even think about like, you know, a life that's gone. And, and that's something that we can't really understand, but there's so many people who are giving up so much and also fighting so hard against something like cancer that, uh, you know, there's tons of research happening constantly and it can be frustrating to not know the answer here. That's why I think it's very important to try to have a grip on how you can be prepared for it, how you can react to it. And uh and I'll go through some more topics this month as well. I think uh, the the main thing that I want to say here is, you know, find out what works for you. 
be true to you. You're the only one who can advocate for you. You're the only one who knows what you need. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to people, to professionals, if need be. Find a person or two to confide in. I mean, I don't understand TikTok, but do a TikTok. <laughs> that sounds so old personally. Do a TikTok, but seriously, start a channel, a YouTube channel, or a blog like I did, a podcast like I'm currently doing, something to give you some release. And um, that's healing. It honestly is. So to wrap things up on this episode, I just kind of wanted to circle back to something I brought up in the very beginning, which was my Substack blog. I'm rapidly approaching 200 subscribers, which doesn't may not, may not sound like a lot, but to me, that's huge. That's 200 people who are reading what I have to say or listening to what I'm saying. And that's insane to, to comprehend. But a couple of you have not only asked about, but have actively signed up to be subscribers to my Substack uh, monetarily. So that's something that's always been there. I know a lot of journalists use Substack as their main uh, source of income because, you know, maybe they don't have a job in the newspaper world or that's not paying enough or their voice isn't being amplified. Many reasons to do that. And a lot of journalists have been very successful um, leveraging Substack subscriptions. Monetizing Substack was not something that I set out to do. When I started it, it was not a thing that I wanted to do. I just wanted to get the message out there and to get some release. But the more I thought about it, the more I considered what could be done with funding through Substack. And I decided to set it up to uh, accept payments. So there is absolutely no paywall, though. I, I want to make that clear. I'm not going to hide content behind a paywall. Everything's going to be completely free. Think of it as a tip jar, honestly. If you want to give something, you can. But uh, what I want to promise to anyone who donates to my Substack is that I will use that money ethically. Meaning, I would like to use that money to advertise my show and to promote it and, um, you know, slap some ads out there <laughs> and uh, maybe attract some eyes from people who are dealing with cancer and um, don't know what their resources are. And I would also like to use some of that money to upgrade my recording equipment, <laughs> to be honest, and uh, maybe secure a do domain name. Finally, last but not least, is uh, give it back. And that is um, obviously to, to places like St. Jude or Movember or the American Cancer Association. Is it American Cancer Society? or association. I just had one of those moments where my brain is tricking me and I don't know which one is right. Be that as it may, whatever it's called, they will get a donation <laughs> if you so choose. So these are the options. Actually, I don't know them. So while I'm talking, I'm going to pull them up on my computer, which I have right here so I can look at my notes. Yes, that's right. I have notes. I'm not just a overwhelmingly prepared person. <laughs> so these are your two options here. You can subscribe monthly if you'd like. 
for free, obviously. You could subscribe forever for free. But if you choose to subscribe monthly and do a subscription paid, you can pay five bucks a month. It originally had it set up for eight, and someone actually had signed up for eight, and I didn't feel right about it. Eight bucks a month is similar to some TV streaming service things, and you're not getting the same kind of content here. (laughs) You're really not. So I bumped it down to five, five bucks per month, or um, there's an option to do a year for 50, which is a bit of a discount. Or you can just do a lump sum if you want to give something I, I don't really care, to be honest. Uh, this is anything that's given as bonus and um, honestly not the reason I'm doing this. The reason I'm doing this is to help people. And uh, that is my my main goal. I'm literally just saying this is an option. Substack offers. People were, were signing up for it. The money was just kind of like sitting there. So what I'm saying is I've opened it up. If you want to give something, I will be ethical and honest with your money. I'll let you know where every penny goes. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. Absolutely no obligation. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode, Reactions. I hope you've enjoyed it and uh, it hasn't been too much of a slog. (laughs) Oh, last week, this is the last thing I'll say. Last week, I was so excited, guys, because I had scheduled this podcast. First first off, I had edited the whole thing by myself, and I had not done that in quite some time since I had my original podcast. I had not really done any of that kind of editing of audio or, or whatever. So I was so excited to do that again. And I did it in GarageBand, and I had all my um, tracks laid out. I had it all perfect. I exported it, and my computer froze at a certain point when it was exporting. But then it picked right back up, and I thought, no harm, no foul. So I slapped that file up on Substack, and I scheduled it for 7 a.m. the next morning. I was like, man, it's going to be bright and early. People are going to get that in their feeds. They're going to be so excited. I'm going to be so excited. And uh, a friend, and I will shout you out, Alyssa. Alyssa is usually one of the first people to see a post or jump on a podcast or anything that that her friends do. And that's that's a good person to have in your back pocket, because you know why she listened to my podcast before anybody else. I think it was just after 7 AM. I got a text from her and she said, Hey, some words are cutting out on this. (laughs) And she was like, I don't know if, if this is the way you meant it to be. There's a story you were telling about M&Ms and then it just stopped. So I immediately jumped up and grabbed my computer and I erased that file, unpublished it. And I was so bummed because that meant I had to redo the whole entire thing. And uh, (laughs) what I ended up doing was doing it on my lunch break that day and uh, republishing it like ASAP. And it ended up being fine. (laughs) But that's just another hiccup. First, my first hiccup was recording on an AirPods. And uh, that was just a, a terrible idea. But whatever. That episode's out there. I think it's fine. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> and and obviously people have responded and, and that's been amazing and beautiful. And uh, I just appreciate you guys so much. So I guess a couple plugs. Last thing, Instagram at Adam Wade Robinson. That's my handle. Please reach out to me there. If you have any questions you'd like for me to cover on the show, 
Um, I'm also on, I don't, don't really use Twitter anymore. So let's bypass Twitter threads. I am on though. Also Adam Wade Robinson on threads, Facebook. I'm on, you probably are already friends with me (laughs) there, or you can just send me a message via Substack as well uh, on my blog. And I highly encourage if you're not subscribed to it, please do that. Help me get over that 200 mark of subscribers. I'm currently, I think, in the 180s. So it would be great to catch to catch up and 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 get over the 200 point. Obviously, that's not a huge deal, but I do want to spread the word here. I, would, I want to get this out, and I, I think I think people could benefit from hearing from someone who's who's gone through what I have. Anyway, send me your questions, your comments, give me your feedback on the on the show itself, and uh, all of it helps. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and I will be back probably next week, and I'm going to try to post some photos this week of my stash. Happy Movember. Bye-bye.